This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you, Rabbi. So, um, the enemy in our midst, I think most of you figured out that it's a little bit, right, Wallace might be talking about technology, um, which is one of the biggest enemies in our midst. And I think it's a subject that's very, very important for many, many different points. And, and I think a point I'm going to make tonight is something that most people do not know, most people did not focus on. You know, we, we know that the, the Internet is a bad place or could be a bad place um, because there are things you shouldn't see that you see. And there's Lashon Hara on chat groups and all that. But I'm really going to go tonight in a... Um, in that direction, but in another direction, which I think is really the reason behind the whole Satan's master plan. So, there's a mission of Pirkei Avos, and it's a, oh, the dedication. Dedication is a Rufu Shalema for Devorah Bas Rachel. I also want to mention that an organization that really is helping Kleistrol in a very big way is here tonight, and that's the TAG organization, where you can bring your computer and your internet, and um, you can get all kinds of filters. They have come up with a lot of ingenious ways of, even in business, where you need to be able to go on the internet for certain things, but it'll still block other things. And um, I know in New York, it's like they have a line around the block of parents and kids um, that they get their phones tagged. So tag used to be a game that we played in school. Now tag's not a game anymore. Um, it's very serious. And he's here tonight, and anyone who needs... Help! They're in Chicago um, to tag their their phones or their internet. Um, I guess you maybe you won't even at the end maybe speak for two minutes, explain what you do um, in Mitzvah Hashem. So the mission says the following. Rabbi Akiva says the following. He says, "Chaviv Adam A person is loved because he is created in the Tzelem Olakim. He's created in the Tzelem Olakim. Hashem created him." In his selim, we'll explain to me what that means exactly. Chiba Yisera, Hashem showed us extra love. Nedaslo, Shinivra B'Tselem, as it says in the Pasuk, Yibitzelem Alekim, Asa Sa'adam, that Hashem created us in His image. What does that mean? What does that mean that God created us in His image? But Tselem, the word Tselem comes from the word Tsel. The word Tsel is a shadow. Shadow of a circle can never be a square, and the shadow of a square can never be a circle. The shadow shadows the actual image, which means that there's something about us that's a shadow of actually God. So in school we learn that you know Hashem does Chesed and He created this world for Chesed, and a human being can do Chesed also. But that's not really a Tzelem. That's not a it's not a shadow. So I heard many years ago, very beautiful, a very beautiful explanation. What does a human being have that is a mirror that is a shadow of God? So we all say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Listen Yisrael, Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. Every person sitting in this room has that Echad. The shadow and the Tzelem of, 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 of God is that every human being is an Echad. Shema Yisrael, Benyamin Yehuda Echad, Malka Rachel Echad. That every single human being, there's only one of you. 
My mother says, thank God, but there's only one of me. There's only one of me. There'll never be another one of me, and there never was another one of me, even though there's Gilgal, right? But Moshe Rabbeinu was a Gilgal of Hevel, but he wasn't Hevel. He was a Gilgal of Noach, but he wasn't Noach. Gilgulim, we're not going to get into it today, but Gilgulim means you have different DNA from a different neshama, but you, and you can be put, you can be of three different neshamas, you can be of many different pieces of, of DNA flags in your neshama, but you, your ingredients, you who you are, there'll never be another one. And there never was another one. God created us with an individuality. And it's because He loved us. He didn't create us as a school of fish or a herd of buffalo. We are all different. He showed us extra love that He didn't just create us different. He told us that He created us different. You put a million dollars in a poor man's bank account and you don't tell him. He keeps collecting. He keeps not buying food. He keeps starving. He doesn't know he has the money. So that God created us in His image, if He didn't tell us that He created us in His image, then we don't really know who we are. So being an individual is godly. That's what Rabbi Akiva is saying. That being an individual is godly. Yes, there is Achtos in Kla Yisrael. But you still have to be an individual. You still have to answer for your life. The social world technology sale was to be connected. I remember when Verizon first came out. It's to be connected. But they fooled us. It's disconnecting us. It's not connecting us. Technology is not connecting us. It is disconnecting us from our children, from our husbands and wives, and from the most important relationship in the world besides relationship with God from ourselves. I remember learning this as a child. He did not understand this. What do you mean? Non-Jewish people don't like, don't have friends? Gang mentality in California? They will die for each other. I'm not going to die for my friend. They will take a bullet for each other in a gang. So, this is not a Jewish thing, that you love your friend. Goyim have friends. So the explanation is, that before Hashem can ask you to have a relationship with Him, if you can't have a relationship with yourself, how could you have a relationship with someone else? You should love your friend. Who is your best friend? You are. And the worst thing about technology is it sucks up your life and your time that you don't have a chance to even know who you are. You don't have a chance to see what's going on in the world. Time Magazine just had a thing that 25% of emergency room visits are people who are on the phone who walked into a pole, who tripped into a hole, crashed their car because they were on the phone. 25% of all emergency room visits. Not heart attacks. Being disconnected from who you are. You don't see a sunrise. You don't see a sunset. There was this one girl many years ago I was talking about that when was the last time you saw a sunrise? And she said, I see it every morning. Like, come on. Every morning. I'm like, where can you... 
Because I have it on my, on my screensaver. <laughs> they sold that to us. When I was a child, you walked into a place, you went over, there was a, there was a, a fish tank where you can sit there and watch the fish. Today, screensavers. You're watching a bunch of fish go through the water. And kids think, they're looking at the, the mouse looking at an aquarium in there, and they can't understand. How did the fish get into my mother's computer? Doesn't water room like my mother's computer? It's taking us away from the real world. It's taking us away from individuality. I belong to a chat group. I don't belong to a chat group, I'm just saying. <laughs> I belong to a chat group. I belong to this group of people on the internet. There's no longer individuality. You don't have time for yourself. You don't even know who you are. You don't even know your name. I had a girl in high school, in my high school, she came running out of the bathroom, screaming at the top of her lungs, oh my God, she was going crazy. I thought, who knows what happened? I'm like, calm down. She was crying. I was like, calm down. Talk to me. What happened? My phone, which she wasn't supposed to have. So in the toilet. Uh, I lost all my contacts. I, I didn't back it up. I don't even know who my mother is. I lost my contact. You don't even know who you are. In the graveyard, they had a picture. They were making fun of it, whatever. The graveyard, they had the guy's phone number on the stone. His friends didn't know his name. They knew his internet name. They knew his web name. It's funny, but it's so sad because there's so many of us that are suffering from this. We have no idea who we are. We spend no time with ourselves. We are just a number. That's it. We don't really exist anymore. There's no spite of this. I went. I just came back. I was telling the girls today. I just came back from a seven-day cruise to Alaska. My dream was always to go to Alaska. I'm a I'm a big nature guy. Alaska, Australia, and South America. I wanted to see the outback in Australia. I wanted to go on safari, and I wanted to go to Alaska. But I I don't want to go. I didn't want to go on a boat. I was very scared to go on, not scared to go on a boat. I, was, I definitely have motion sickness, and there's no way I'm going to go on a boat for seven days and be surrounded by water and not be able to get off. So all the years that Costa Rica was calling me to come speak, I said, I'm really sorry, I can't, I have a then I made up excuses. My wife really wanted to go. She's like, come on. We'll, buy, we'll get medicine. You'll get a Dramamine patch. you put it on your forehead. <laughs> then you have these patches you put behind your ears, and you have these medicines that melt under your tongue. Between all the stuff, you won't get nauseous. Okay, you'll be sleeping and, uh, and unconscious for like seven days, but at least you won't be nauseous, whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, but I have to speak. Imagine I'm nauseous and I'm speaking. I can't do that. No, so anyway, it's a different, it's Shalom Bias speech. It's not for tonight. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they said to me, don't, my friends like, don't worry. These boats are so big. There's like 3,000 passengers and then a th- 1,500 crew. They are so big. It's like a city. And you know what? It's true, it is. It's like Los Angeles in an earthquake. (laughs) It is like a city. They just didn't tell me which city. So I get onto this boat. And the biggest line on the boat, because the phone doesn't work, the only thing that works is WhatsApp. You can't make a phone call. You can make a what I learned, because my phone doesn't have WhatsApp. My phone is a Nebuch. Um, 
It's not a smartphone, it's a learning disabled phone. It has zero brains whatsoever. It's like, I say stupid people have smartphones and smart people have stupid phones. So the line on the boat by the place that you get minutes for your WhatsApp, you would think that they were, they were giving food to the, star, to the people who are starving. Mamish, the line, people hours and hours, 20 minutes and hours, like, to go on a boat for a week and, and, and not be able to talk to anyone, to, to see God's creations and to talk to your wife, God forbid, or your kids that are on this cruise? No, 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 no. I don't have WhatsApp, so I was stuck. Seven days of Shabbos. It was the most amazing trip of my life. Baruch Hashem, I didn't get sick. Now I know I don't have motion sickness, even though I thought I would. And I, I learned from that that you, you should never be scared. you got to face your stuff. And it's in the Torah. When the Jews were getting bitten by the snakes, Kosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu to make a copper snake. And that the Jews will look up at the snake and they will be healed. That's the snake, by the way. You know, the doctors wear they have that snake around the stick. That's where it comes from. So the question is, why would you? You just got bitten by a snake. So why would you tell me to go look up at a snake? Put a Sefer Torah. Put the tzitz, our own tzitz, on top of the stick. Everybody will look at Kodesh Lashem and they'll be healed. I got bitten by a snake. You want me to look at a snake? And the answer is yes. The greatest healing is is facing the adversary, is facing your fears. And if you face your fears, I just spoke about this last week, if you face your fears, what Hashem wants to teach us, and you're looking at the snake, He bit you, He just bit you, right? And you're looking at the same snake, but you're looking up, you understand that your fear can be conquered if you stare your fear in the face and you deal with it with Hashem's help. That's the whole parasha there. It's a very deep insight, but that's the whole parasha there. I am so happy that I faced, that my wife pushed me to face my fear of going on a boat. So, I want to tell you, just a little snippet so you understand who God really is. So, first we go, it's four days on a boat, four days on the water, and three days excursions. In other words, four days you travel to get where you have to go, and the other three days, the boat parks, and you go wherever that is, you take excursions, whatever you want to do. So the first day, we took a helicopter to a glacier. So this helicopter goes way up. So I got past the sphere of the boat. Now I had to start with the helicopter. But we go on this helicopter and we land on this glacier with like seven, eight helicopters. And of course, the glacier never talk about God, but we get on this glacier and we're way up. It's 20 degrees up there. And we're way up on this glacier. And the ice, the glacier is blue. Blue ice. She made a joke. Here's where Windex comes from. Okay, everyone laughed, right? And she says, the reason it's blue and not regular color of ice, and she was trying to explain the spectrum of the, of the, of the, the prism of light. And, you know, you have Roy Gabiv, you have red, orange, yellow, green, whatever, blue. So on that spectrum, the, the weakest color is blue. So all the other colors go through the ice, but blue can't make it through the ice, so it stays in the ice, and glacier ice is blue, it's gorgeous, you're on an ocean of blue, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to give a speech here, but there's a Rashi, and Rashi says, why is the sky blue? Why is it blue? Because the Kirsch sits on a kisei, it's a Rashi, that's made out of sapphire, 
So the, the sky, right, it, from the, the Kisei, that's the color that the sky gets. And I'm thinking to myself, we're up here on the top of Alaska, and we're on the top of a glacier, and the ice is blue because it represents the Kisei Akavoy. But you're not going to tell that to a bunch of people. And I'm standing there in amazement. I, I, it was like, it was absolutely amazing. Amazing. And this ice is pushing through mountains. It's, it's, it's amazing. I made a bracha. It's a massive voracious. No phone. Camera. No phone. But that was nothing. On the third day, we took a canoe to an island in Alaska. This island is a rainforest. It's not a tropical rainforest. It's a rainforest in Alaska. So you go into this crazy woods and you go with a naturalist who explains to you what's going on. And I'm very into nature. My, I connect to Akash Baruch Hu since I'm a little boy. If anyone knows anything about Ornava, it's, it's based on the butterfly because when I was a little boy, I asked my Rebbe in seventh grade, I lived in Muncie and there was a lot of grass next to the yeshiva and trees and a lot, a lot of caterpillars. I'm still asking Mashila from the caterpillars that I roasted for with my magnifying glass. Um, I was a kid. What did I know? Right? So I hope they're moichami. I'm trying to bring them back, you know, through, through Ornava. But yeah, many of them died under my magnifying glass. And, and we had butterflies. And I came to my Rebbe. I'll never forget it. And I, I understood. We didn't have Google at that time. We just had an encyclopedia. You actually had to go to the library and open a book and read it, not just push a button. And I knew that caterpillars became butterflies. And I asked my Rebbe, why? Because I was a kid that was totally out of the box. And I asked a lot of weird questions, but there wasn't a weird question. I was like, Rebbe, cats don't metamorphosize into lions. The only thing that has a metamorphosis in this world is this little caterpillar who becomes a butterfly. Why didn't Hashem create caterpillars, one Bria, and butterflies, another Bria. He ran out of time. What's the deal? And my baby said to me, I'll never forget it, Wallstein, you don't ask questions on God. So of course then, the question got much bigger. So I really wanted to know. And as a 7th grader, and I was a hockey player, ball player, it was very weird for a boy to be checking out butterflies, right? It's more of a girl thing. And I went to the library and I started to study and I started to read about it. And I found that, that the butterfly goes through, it's not tonight's sheer, but the butterfly goes through a very hard time in the metamorphosis of this caterpillar who lives on the bottom of a tree eating, mulching a bunch of leaves, a bunch of fat little caterpillars, there were like hundreds of them, right? That they go up the tree, this one butterfly goes up the tree and there's a cocoon, he goes into the cocoon and the cocoon closes, only, only one per cocoon. And the cocoon closes, and it's in there for 30 days, and it molts. It, 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 it sort of dies and falls apart, and its guts like come out, and it dries up, and it, it becomes a powder. And from that powder comes a butterfly. And you can't even help it come out of the cocoon. You have to allow it to push its way out even in the end. It suffers, it squeezes and pushes, because if you open the cocoon when it starts to push, the, 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 the liquid in the middle of the, of the butterfly doesn't get pushed into the wingspan and falls to the floor and is dead. So you can't help a butterfly. You've got to let him go through his stuff until he has these crazy wings. But as a kid, I didn't understand that, but it helped me very much in life. Because when I opened up Ornava, that was my first 
think to the girls who were going through a bit of a hard time that, that you were caterpillars and now you're going to metamorphosize and even though it hurts you're going to come out of this cocoon you may not even recognize who you are but you're going to have wings and you don't know how to use those wings because all your life you were crawling we're going to teach you or now it's going to be the wings that are going to teach you how to fly so I was in nature Meshuggah I didn't understand why fireflies lit up I asked my teachers why do fireflies light up why would God do that if anything he should make a mosquito light up so at night when they're in your room you can smack them and smash them at least you know where they are right and no one gave me the answer to that too and later on in life I found the answer to that too because no, I'm going totally off on a tangent but before I walked in here I always say to Hashem I should say what they need to hear not what I need to what I need to say and for some reason someone in this room needs to hear this connection to God for some reason because I want to talk about technology and I'm not getting there so there must be a reason so to understand who God is and how much he cares about us in the end by the way there's a Zaya that says that the parpar is a proof of Tchiyot HaMesim which is the answer my Rebbe I guess did not know that the desire says that the butterfly proves that there'll be reincarnation to be Tchiyot because when the butterfly dries up into a powder which is called a chrysalis and from this powder comes the most beautiful insect in the world it's to teach us that from bones in the ground from a chrysalis will come after Tchiyot the most beautiful creature in the world. The proof of Tchiyas HaMesim in our world is through the Parpa. Just like it dies, becomes a powder and becomes a new insect, we will die, our bones will be in the ground, and from it will come a new person. Says the Zayar, Hashem created the butterfly to teach us, and not just the butterfly, had He just created a butterfly and a caterpillar, we wouldn't have learned that. There has to be a metamorphosis. Tchiyas HaMesim is a metamorphosis. So for the people who don't believe, how could bones end up with skin and, 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 and veins and everything else? Oh, here's an insect. Became a powder. Dead, 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 dead. Totally dead. And from that powder came this thing with colors, a monarch. With, with, it can fly. It's beautiful. Hashem doesn't do anything for no reason. So I didn't understand the firefly. And I could not find an answer. Why would Hashem make a bug light up? We used to call them lightning bugs as kids. And we used to put them in a jar and put it next to your bed at night and they used to light up so you could read your book. No, it never lit up that much, right? But they used to light up and never, you know, like the kids in my bungalow colony, they collect salamanders. These things want to live in the woods. Leave them alone, right? But we used to collect fireflies. So listen, listen, listen to why a firefly lights up. Science says the reason a firefly lights up is because nature, of course nature is, you know, they're not going to say Hashem, because every bug, the way it lives, is the bigger bug eats the smaller bug, and then the bigger bug eats the bigger bug. Like fish, right? That's the way, the way of the animal world, the insect world. A firefly's blood is chlor- has chlorophyll in it, whatever that means. It's extremely bitter. So if another bug ate it, and the bugs bite the other bug from the back like a fish, they don't go head on, they swallow it from the back. So you have this little bug flying, and they eat them at night. The little bug flying at night, the other bugs whack, and the, the bug is gone. The problem is that the firefly's blood is very bitter. So the bug is going to come and bite the firefly and spit it out. Because it won't eat it because it, it's so bitter. 
So the firefly will die for no reason. He's not feeding the bigger bug because the bigger bug will spit him out. So Kodesh Baruch and this is, you can, I don't want to tell you to Google it, but this is what they write. So therefore nature protected the firefly from dying for no reason because the reason bugs eat other bugs is so they should live. So there's Baltashkas. So Kodesh Baruch created this crazy, not normal phenomenon that a bug without a battery, without electricity, listen, there's no electricity, there's no battery, there's no oil, there's no gas, there's no coal. There's a bug in this world that lights up every five seconds. A nace niffler. But how are you going to see a nace niffler if you're walking by the fire? Oh, firefly. Hi, honey. Forget it. You're not going to sit there and say, what's going on here? So because Akash Baruch cares about this little bug that he shouldn't die for no reason, Hashem had to come up with this crazy creation that a firefly has tail lights. And nobody really understands how it works. Science is trying to explain how it works, an electrical input, whatever. Nobody really understands how it works. So I tell my girls, so you think God doesn't care about you? He cares about a bug? So it got eaten, so it got spit out. Who cares? And the bug got spit out. Who cares? Another firefly dies. Who in this room cares? Probably a couple of people. That's the, the beauty of being disconnected from technology, from the fake world. It's not a real world. How do you know it's not a real world? Because you can make it disappear by the press of a button. All my 900 contacts. Off. <laughs> Gone. Drop it in the toilet. <laughs> it's the marble. The whole, the whole world is destroyed in one second. <laughs> Finished. Okay, you try to get some ace, you stick it in a box of rice. Yeah. So if you could turn off something and make it disappear, it's not real. You can't turn off a tree. You can't turn off a human being in this room. I can't say, poof, you're gone. But if I'm, but I, but Rabbi Wallace, I have 900 friends. No, you don't. Watch me kill them all. <gasps> what do you mean? Off, black screen. We're your friends. That's fake. It's not real. It's not a real world. We're living in the real world. Hashem gave us eyes and ears to live in the real world, to see his his Mysiberaces came along the Satan and said, I will take them away from your creations, Hashem, and they will be looking at digits and letters and words that disappear and appear like a Satan. They appear and they disappear. They look real. He is the master of that. It looks like a real world. These are my real friends. Yeah, you have 900 friends. I told the girl, you have 900, ask each one for a dollar a month. You'll pay your rent. You'll get $900. Forget about it. You're not getting a dollar. But it's much bigger than that. So just to tell you, so the third day of my excursion, I'm in this forest. It's on an island that has, I think he said, 12 inches of topsoil. Very little topsoil. And there's a cave. But the cave is not made out of stone. The cave is made out of tree roots. I never saw this before. These crazy big trees, like, 
the diameter is like like a third of this room, like crazy big trees, 700 years old, 800 years old, whatever it is. And the, the, the I should have brought pictures, the roots of all these trees, they get together sort of, and they create like a cave. And the beers on the island, these are the beers that eat the salmon, so they have to hibernate. So where do they hibernate? They hibernate in this cave made out of roots. Godless. Godless. Hashem made a cave out of roots. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, I must have made 900 brachas. And then he says, I said, first of all, are the beers like in there? I'm like, no, no. Only a New Yorker would ask that question. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah, sure, he's, he's showing us the cave and the beers are in there. He says, no, it's not hibernation yet. Not, I think October. I said, he says, but I want to show everyone, we had this whole group, I want to show everyone this big, huge plant, huge leaves, this big, growing by the cave. He says, this plant, the beer eats right before he goes to sleep. It causes crazy, crazy constipation. He eats this, he cannot go to the bathroom for six months. And the reason this is here, nature, put it here, so that he can eat it right before he goes to sleep because he can't get up in the middle of his six-month six sleep and go to the bathroom. So this constipates the beer that he cannot go to the bathroom. And then next to that plant is another plant. He says, and this plant is a laxative. Crazy laxative. And when the beer comes out after six months, he eats this plant and he cleans his whole system out from the six months that he was laying there. And I'm sitting there on my... HaKadosh Baruch Hu put a pharmacy right next to the guy's house. He has all the medicine he needs right next door. I turned to my wife and my people need to know about this. I said, forget about all my speeches. Let's fill up a cruise with kids who, have, who are not sure if there's a God in the world. Let's show them that God put a drugstore out of a beer cave. And you know what? Everywhere else in the woods that we went, these two plants weren't growing. They only grew near that cave. And my, my neira hamakamazeh. I could not get enough of Hashem's creations. But you don't see this if you live in a fake world of technology. They can't create a cave for a bear. They can't create plants that a bear needs. They just can create hatred. I myself went through this a few weeks ago. I got up on Tishabov and I spoke in Or Yitzchak. I speak there every single year. At one o'clock is my one to one forty for Mincha before Mincha. Ray Walsing gives Chizuk. And for me, I speak five times on Tisha B'Av. I don't work harder. The hardest day for me in the year working is Tisha B'Av. I don't stop talking. When you're not eating, it's hard if you keep talking. The moment of my chizuk is when I get up to the bima and it's one o'clock and everyone gets off the floor and they straighten out their chairs and they sit down and they put their towels bags on the table because we can't daven chakras with tefillin and a towels and tefillin and they put it and everyone gets up on the chairs. And I'm like, whew. like when you get to Chatzos, it's like, okay, we're going to make it. So I got up and I said the following. I said, why is Tisha B'Av a Yantif? It doesn't make sense. 
When Mashiach comes, it's going to be a Yantav. What do you mean? When Mashiach comes, it's going to change that we lost 6 million Jews? When Mashiach comes, it's going to change the Spanish Inquisition? The Crusades? The pogroms? Losing of two base HaMikdash? It's very nice Mashiach came. But, hello? What's the Moye? What's the Yantav? So I said that, and why do we get up? Why do you get up at 1 o'clock? It's worse at 1 o'clock, and the night of Matzei Tisha the Beis HaMikdash was burning worse than the, than, the, than the first half of Tisha B'Av. So what are you getting up for? And the answer is, God is talking to all of us. And He's saying, that in the first half of Tisha B'Av, you're a victim. Women ate their children. The blood was flowing in Yerushalayim to the people's knees. All the terrible stories. We sit, we cry, and we're broken. This year, I was sitting next to a, 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 a younger man. I never heard someone wail in my life a whole kinnis he was beyond himself crying and Hashem says you're a victim you went through all this but at Chatzos you're a survivor get up you can't sit on the floor the whole day and every single kinnis that I said no matter how bad it was when I got finished, I said, but we're still here. The yontiv of Tishabov is that we went through all this and the yontiv is that we're not a victim, we are survivors. And to survive is a celebration. So when Mashiach comes and Kleistral made it all the way to then, the celebration in the Yantav is that with all that stuff, we're survivors. And that's a reason to celebrate. Nebuch, when you go to a shiva, many times I'm there the last day, Shachris. And they sit after Shachris, you finish Shachris, and everybody goes in front of the people who are sitting, and you say in Yiddish, Shteyof, Shteyof, Shteyof. Get up, get up, get up. And they get up and they walk around the block. You sat, you went through what you went through, but now you got to come back into the world. So the first thing they do is they leave their house and they walk back into the world. I was sitting as a victim. I went through a lot. I'm in a lot of pain, but you can't stay down. So we say get up and get back into the world. So I got up to above and I said to all the kids out there that are in a lot of pain, Pain is a state of being. I can't change that. I can't change what you went through and what happened to you. But victim is a state of mind. And we can change that to victor. And we can change that to survivor. That's a state of mind. You don't have to remain a victim. And I said in the Holocaust, there are two kinds of people that came out of the Holocaust. The survivors and Israel in America is here in the world because of those survivors who lost everything and didn't just stay on the floor but got up and remarried and built mishpachas and built yeshivas and built Beis Yaakovs and didn't have that victim mentality even though they went through the Holocaust and then there were those and not to be judged by far who went through it and just said there's no God and I'm atheist and I'm not marrying a Jew I'm out of here those are not survivors those are victims of the Holocaust we lost them they are victims and is it their fault? of course not I'm not blaming them but at the end of the day they were victims the survivors are the ones who built Klai Yisrael 
And that was my speech. Chizuk. Never give up. Where there's life, there's hope. I thought I did a great job. But say, Tishabov, my phone starts to ring. You know what's going on on Facebook? Do you, do you have any idea what you did? I'm like, what did I do? They're going crazy. The whole OTD community, off the Dara community, on the Dara community, it's OTD, they're both same spelling. The whole OTD, they're going crazy. You said that they're not victims. You said that they're not victims. You said they should get off the floor and stop pointing fingers because I said something I heard of fantastic Bart. That, that in growth, it's, you know, today it's everyone else's fault. The therapeutic world, they should be gesund. <laughs> but I'm not saying the good therapist, but the therapeutic world, the Goyesha therapeutic world, is that you don't have to own your stuff. It's always someone else's fault. It's your mother's fault, your father's fault, your Shiva's fault. They will find someone that it's not your fault. So you don't have to own it, so it's not your fault. So you can walk around uh, with a Nebuch badge, I'm a Nebuch, uh, it's not my fault, right? And many times it's not your fault. But still, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. I always say, when you come to the doctor, you have a broken arm. It doesn't matter who broke your arm. It matters, I need to set it and get it fixed. So I said, stop pointing fingers at. Your fault, your fault, your fault, your fault. And start pointing fingers up. Hashem, I need your help. They took it. The Rabbi Wallstein said, Stop pointing fingers at the abusers and let them get away with it. He's a rabbi that is pro-abuse. They twisted my words because a guy took three minutes and 23 seconds of my 56-minute share, pulled it out, where I said, don't be a victim, where I said, don't point fingers. That's it, just don't point fingers. So it's like, oh, you said we can't blame... So destroyed me I mean anyone who knows anyone who has Facebook don't raise your hand they know what happened on Tisha B'Av. it was viral isn't that a disgusting word why would they use such a word a virus ooh virus you throw up you're sick in bed you're green you're nauseous right the words that are used are from Shemayim it is viral exactly it's a virus. It's a disease. Rabbi Wallstein, your share went viral. Great. No, 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 no. The three-minute one. I was called four-letter words. I had a rabbi who I thought was my friend who got up and said, this is the problem. He was trying to build himself on my back. That's why Rabbi Wallstein should never talk about these things. He's not a therapist. I'm like, oh, you have to be a therapist to give chizuk? You have to be a rabbi to give chizuk? You have to be a good person to give chizuk. Where does it say you have to be a therapist to tell somebody you can do it? You got potential. You got hope. You have to be a therapist to do that? Therapists are not even say that. They just can listen. They can't give you advice. So the whole world came down to me. They finally got a chance to take them and rip them to shreds because success breeds what? Anyone know that saying? Success breeds contempt. Shoot the guy on the top of the mountain. I'm not Moshe Rabbeinu, but the minute Moshe Rabbeinu came Moshe Rabbeinu, that was it. Korach, everybody. You took us out to die. You took away my watermelon. Look at the Torah. <laughs> took away my fish. 
We're going to throw you as a leader. We're going to go back to Mitzrayim. What did he do wrong? He was successful. He took us out of Mitzrayim. He got us to Torah. <laughs> the guy at the top, that's the guy you want to shoot. All of a sudden, viral, 100,000 hits. YouTube, Facebook, um, chat rooms, Instagram. They were taking me apart like you don't even understand. Cursing me. He's, and I'm like, I'm the only guy that has a school for girls that are, went through abuse. I, have, I just bought a ranch that I'm making a rehab for these kids. I'm the only guy that ever testified against someone who... I, I'm like, what is going on here? But, let me tell you why I'm here tonight. Why I didn't walk out of Chinuch. Because when you put your whole life to help these kids, and then they call you four-letter words, and girls in England don't even know me, that rabbi, I hope he drops dead, hope he burns in hell, I will be there in hell, I will throw him... In, stuff that you would not believe. Guys, repeat it to me. But me, I didn't know what was going on. Because I was on Mars. <laughs> I, I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. So where all this viral garbage was going on around me, I did not know about it. I did not read one text because nobody texted me. They were telling me on Facebook. What's going on on Facebook? I'm like, I don't have Facebook. I'm on Mars. And they're busy down here. I'm sitting having a tea. I don't know what's going on. And I have no question that if I had Facebook and I would have seen all those comments, I would have walked out of Chinuch. I would have said, forget it. Zu Torah v'zuz Chayra, I'm done. I need this? What do I need it for? I'm going to go sit and learn. Leave me alone. I'll go to Charlotte's and have something good to eat. No, that's it. I'll come to Chicago. Not to speak. I'll go to Charlotte's. I'll hang out with Dove and I'll go to Charlotte's. I'll have some good food. That's it. And, that, and what's called? What's her name in the morning? Norma's. What is that place called that we went for breakfast? Emma's. I go to Emma's. I go to. I go to Emma's. I go to Shallots. I need this aggravation where everybody's writing bad things about me. I was saved because Rabbi Wallstein doesn't live in that world, so I didn't know exactly what they were saying. And my friends tell me if you would see what they were saying, you would not be in chinuch anymore because I didn't deserve it. I tried to give them chizik. What did I do wrong? But that's that world. That the power to destroy somebody in a second. So I figured I am going to answer them in their world. I'm going to come from Mars to Earth and I'm going to talk to them. So I was standing by a store and a guy says, Rabbi Wallstein, it's just not fair what they're doing to you. You must answer. I'm like, okay, he had had an iPhone. I stood against the wall, some shed, whatever. And he puts the iPhone, he goes, okay, you talk and I'll put it on YouTube. And I'm like, I just want to tell everybody, I want to clarify what I said on, 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 on Tishabov. I will prosecute any abuser. I will prosecute him. I will, to the, to the nth degree, and I have, I have. I've been in court in England. Okay, I sta- stood in court in England, went after two guys. It was ridiculous. You know, they wear those wigs. I almost started laughing in front of the judges. or like the weirdest thing I ever went through in my life, whatever it is. And I said, I, will, I have a school for kids that have gone through this. I have prosecuted. I have witnessed. I said, you totally took my words out of context. And all I said was, never give up hope. Okay? Guy was all excited. Now, Rebbe, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put it on YouTube. He puts it on YouTube, Right? I'm waiting for the reaction. 
He says, I can't believe it. It's going viral. I'm like, oh, Baruch Hashem, it's over. He goes, no, no. They're going crazy that you didn't apologize. <laughs> you did not say I'm sorry. And they're writing, this is the rabbi. You see, he's so full of himself. He couldn't even apologize. And he's just clarifying. And that's the problem with it. They ripped me another one even bigger. You're laughing. This wasn't funny. I'm like, I don't understand this, th- that world. I don't understand the internet world. I just told them, no, they do what they want with the words that they want. It's a disgusting viral world. Where people on, on family groups or on family chats or in school chats or in Chicago chats or in New York chats, all these chats where you can destroy a person, where girls will get destroyed in school and boys, where one guy posts something and everyone, a thousand people are talking about in one second. In one second. And it goes viral and you destroy this person and it's too late to take it back. L'chafetz Chaim never dreamt in his biggest nightmare that there would be a tool to destroy, to do mighty shemra, rechilus, hara on such a grand level. Little kids, third, fourth graders, who have their mother's phones, who their parents allow them to be in this disgusting viral world, they write about other girls, they destroy them. In the Gaisha world, there have been suicides because of bullying. Internet bullying. Such a dangerous place. Why would you allow your children? Why would you be in such a place? Why don't you come to Mars and hang out with me? What do you need to know all this garbage about everybody, every day? This is not God-made. This is man-made. You can make it disappear. Forget the porn and the filth and the communications with people that are dangerous, with pedophiles, and all the other dangers. You don't need me to talk about it. I'm sure there's been someone in Chicago that talked about it. And your kids never, where they find out where they live, and they find out who they are, and these pedophiles are all over the internet looking. I have a girl that's totally not from today, because she went on the internet and said, how do you know there is a God? And all the atheist websites hit her with like many, 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 many websites and she started to get interesting and she started to start reading about this and forget about the lesbian and homosexual websites and the atheist websites. What are you doing? Where, where are you? What, what world are you part of? What is that world? Is that, is that holiness? And you're going to tell me, but there's Shurim on there? The Torah says, that Hashem doesn't accept an Esnan Zaina. You know what that means? That a prostitute, Hashem says, I don't want your money. I don't want money that comes from a dirty place. How can you guarantee that a person goes to learn a share and there's not a pop-up on his screen? You're in. You're in the house of, of ill repute. You're in. You're in a room learning Gemara, but you're surrounded by filth. A button to the left, a button to the right. And you're in the worst places in the world. Interactive filth. What are you doing there? Is this why Hashem made you a Tzalem Kim? Is this why Hashem made you an individual? Are you the shadow of God? Is that what He wants? There's someone here tonight that at least if you have that, at least you get it tagged. 
And you get filters. So you're protected to a certain extent. Still not the extent that I would want. Because once you have the machine, we're talking, I was talking to the rabbi before. I grew up television. My television wasn't even remote. They didn't have remote when I grew up. That's how old I am. It was black and white. You had to get up and change the channel. So nobody got up to change the channel. So whenever you started watching that channel, that's it. That was it the rest of the night. And my Rebbe used to say, Wallerstein, get rid of the Abidazura box. Tell your parents to throw out the Abidazura box. Fifth grade, sixth grade, all of them, all my Rebbe. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, Rebbe, Superman, (laughs) and the Three Stooges, and the Little Rascals, and the Honeymooners. There's no girls. There's no girls. There was one girl show that... Us guys, when we were growing up, I dream of Jeannie that we wanted to watch because she wasn't dressed that sneer stick. It was like, the worst! The worst! The honeymooners, they weren't allowed to walk into the bedroom. You never saw him and her walk into the bedroom because the, the rule on TV was you weren't allowed to have a female and a male walk into a bedroom. So he never walked into the bedroom with her. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And my Rebbe's telling me! It's box. And I'm thinking, what? The little rascals? Come on. And Mo and Larry and Curly... Their name was Feinberg. They're Jews. So it can't be such a bad thing. Every time I tell the kid, you're not allowed to rock and roll, they're like, well, sound of silence. Garfunkel, he was a Jew. Garfunkel. So that's it. So it's kosher. They were so right. Listen to the brilliance of what they were saying. They were saying the following. Right now, it's the little rascals. Right now, it's Superman. The Itzahara just wants to get the box into your house. So he, how is he going to get the box? He's going to have pornography? You never would let. So he's going to have Superman and the little rascals. Now you're going to bring the box into your house to watch kosher. But once the box is in your house, Yitzhara knew that in 40 years from now, today, every sitcom is going to be about gay people. And about coming out of the closet. Every kid that sits and watches this stuff doesn't understand why we have all the things that we have, all the rules and everything. And all the filth, the bachelor, the bachelor, all this garbage that's on the television today, he needed to get the box into the house. Kosher, kosher. Slowly, once the box is there, he can start to program it. 30 years later, I realized, oh, was that an avoidance Why was I desensitized because as a kid I was watching television. So you never heard me get up on, and make a speech against television today. Halavai, everyone had a television. I would trade a te- give everyone a television with all that stuff on instead of the internet because it's not interactive. Whatever's on the television, you can't talk to them, they can't talk to you. So the Yitzhahara did the same thing with technology. He gave you a computer. When the computers first came out, it was IBM mainframes as big as this room for businesses. That's it. And then they had beepers so your wife can reach you. And then the beeper became a cell phone. So if you get stuck on the road... You could call your family and tell you where you are. And then came out Facebook. And everyone said, oh my gosh, the suck on. He said, no, that's nothing. We're going to get from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram. So you're going to watch the filth. You're going to, kids are watching it. It doesn't even make sense. They're on, they're on Twitter and, and, and they're watching these stars, these, uh, these uh, movie stars. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm pouring the water into the sink. You have no life. A whole day you're watching Twitter. Everyone's Twittering. I'm brushing my teeth. Ooh! I'm now cleaning my ears with a Q-tip. Ah! And everyone's on Twitter. 
And I'm like, if someone walked up to me in the street and said, hey, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm pulling up my sock. I'm like, excuse me? Have a, have a very nice day. Please stay away from me. Twitter, the whole world is on Twitter. What? We're sick. We so have no self that we're interested in other people watching every move that they make. You blew your nose. Twitter, 14 billion followers. This Meshuggah has 14 billion followers. What are they following? Where is she leading us? To the promised land? So we, we, we became so part of this world that we lost our telem. We lost our individuality. Baruch Hashem, I'm not in that world. I'm telling you, I would be very broken had I been in that world on Tisha, after Tisha B'Av. I would not have been able to deal with it. So, you're sitting here, and you're thinking, because David didn't tell you that I'm a very big Makobo, so I know what everybody's thinking. Wallstein, I'm different. I could have this stuff and, and not be affected. <laughs> Nine out of ten! He's right. But those are, those are people that are not healthy. I have, my, I have my iPhone. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm different. Yetzirah's favorite, biggest two words is I am different. All men were created equal. No one's different. Till the second you die, you don't know how you're going to leave this world. Nobody's different. I am telling you that nobody's different, including me. So if you have that phone... The plan of the Yetzirah is not that you should be listening to Shiram. He'll let you listen for a while till you get comfortable. My, my favorite story of all, my favorite story, there's, this, there's people living in a house, and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. There's a guy standing there, he says, I want to buy your house. Our house is not for sale. I want to buy your house. My house is not for sale. I'll give you a million dollars. A million dollars? My house is only worth $500,000. I'll give you a million dollars. Chaya! There's some sugar that wants to give us a million dollars! Tell him to get out of here. My friends live next door. Meshul, the school. I'm not moving. Baruch Hashem, we have Parnassah. I don't, I don't need a stupid million dollars. I'm not moving. Sorry, guy. My wife says no. Okay, next day. Meshuggah is back. Okay, I don't want your house. But I love it so much. I'll give you $250,000 for a room. Just sell me a room in your house. Chaya! $250,000 for a room! Yako, if he has a room... We have to let him in. We have to let him out. He's going to live with us. I don't even know who this guy is. He's going to be a massive murderer in the middle of the night. He's going to chop our heads off. No. Sorry, my wife said no. Next day. Hi, what do you want? Listen, forget the house, forget the room. I love this place so much, I want to buy a nail in your living room wall. What does that mean? I want to knock a nail into the living room wall and that nail belongs to me. I'll give you $100,000 for the nail. Chaya, I don't care what you say. We're doing it. They go to the lawyer, they do a contract, $100,000 for the nail in the wall. They're so happy, they go to the bank, they put it in. 2.30 that morning, there's a knock on the door, the Meshuggah is there. Hi, what? 2.30 in the morning, what do you want? I have a painting, I want to hang up on my, on my nail. It's my nail, the contract says, I have a right to do anything with my nail that I can. Okay, just put your, get out of here. He leaves, 4.30, knock on the door again, he's back. No, I don't like that painting. I have a tapestry. 
Next day, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm hanging up a picture. This goes on for three months. Every hour he's back. He is making them nuts. They have no privacy. And this guy's always in the house. Finally, they're like, we can't deal with this. Listen, mister, we'll make you a deal. The house is yours for free. We're moving to Florida. But we'll only give you the house for free if you sign a contract you will not follow us. We don't want you near us. No problem. They go to the lawyer. They sign the whole thing. They get into their moving truck. He waves at them. Bye. Enjoy Florida. They're gone. He's got a $500,000 house for a hundred grand. Picks up the phone. Yanko, we got another one. This is really working. This is our eighth house that we bought for a hundred grand. That's the satan. That's the satan. He comes to you first. He's like, let's do this big Avera. You're like, me? I'm I'm a good girl. I'm a good guy. I don't do this stuff. Get out of here. I'm not for sale. My soul is not for sale. Okay, okay, okay. Then he comes back and says, okay, not such a big Avera. I don't want you to watch a nasty movie, but just a regular PG. It's not so bad. You need to rest. You work so hard. Just a room in your soul. Just give me a room. Just, get, just let me move in to a room. I don't need you. I don't want to change you. Get out of here. I don't do this stuff. I don't want you here. I don't want to... Okay, fine. Bye. Comes back. He says, just a nail. Just buy the phone. Don't use it. Don't use it. Don't use it. Don't, 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 don't connect to any, any groups. Nothing. Just, just buy the phone. Come on. You need an iPhone. How can you live without an iPhone today? You need an iPhone. But don't you do... I don't want you to do anything wrong. Once you have that phone, he's got 90% of the job done. You see, I can't get a text message, uh, a a picture message, or anything like that on my phone because it doesn't have that. I'm not in WhatsApp. I don't have that. My phone, it doesn't do it. He can't get me because he doesn't have a nail in my wall to hang his stuff on. So he can't get me. But once you buy that phone, okay, it's just a nail. I need it for business. That's all he wants. He wants the television in the house. Sure, watch Superman. But the master plan is that once you have that phone, I will break you. And I will bring, and you'll have a pop-up in the middle of doing something very innocent. Something's going to pop up on the side of your phone that you should not be seeing. Especially guys. Right? Losing weight. And women losing weight and all this other stuff. And you're sitting there learning whatever you're doing and it's popping up and stuff is popping up. And you can't help seeing it. That's his nail. And then before you know it, and this is I'm going to end my share because this is the biggest problem. Before you know it, the biggest problem happens. And it's not pornography and it's not pedophiles and it's not all that other stuff. It's something that you don't really expect me to say. We are very challenged right now with Shabbos. Shabbos has never, ever taken the hit that it's taking in the Frum community. Shabbos always took a hit in the non-Frum community. But Frum people not keeping Shabbos? Shomer Shabbos, Shabbos is the... There There are three signs that you're a Jew. By men, there's bris, there's tefillin, and there's Shabbos. Women only have Shabbos. That's why it's sort of their holiday Shabbos. It's your ice. Shabbos is your only ice. We have two other ices. It's the only other ice that you have. We never had 
from men and women and girls and boys, from ones that daven, that wouldn't take a bone out of a fish because it's bayrim, that are, their skirts are sneistic, they say to heal him, they go to a shear. Those people were never Mechal Shabbos. Mechal Shabbos is a representation that you're a Jew. Nobody ever came into Shul and said, uh, can I get an Aliyah? Are you Shemin Agiyah? The question is, are you Shemin Shabbos? You can touch wine, but you can't touch wine if you're not Shemin Shabbos. So the, the Shemer is not Shemin Kashris or Shemin Agiyah. The Shemer in the Jewish world is Shabbos. That's the ice. That's the sign outside your door of what you do. You're, you're, you do shoes, says shoemaker. So Shabbos is a sign outside of our door that we are connected to Kosh Baruch Hu, that we are his children. Everything is Shabbos. In the end of time, which is where we are now, the Satan is fighting for his existence and fighting to destroy us. And there's nothing more lethal than Chil Shabbos. So listen carefully. There's a man who's, he loves his wife, he's married for 30 years, and he wants to buy her the most beautiful present. But it's very hard for guys, because we always try to buy the right thing, right? They don't like it. So we learn as we get older, take her shopping with you. Stop with the surprises. I bought my, remember when I got engaged, I bought my wife, she was 17, I was 19, I was all excited, I was learning in mirror. I went down King's Highway, and they had a jewelry store, and they had tiger eye earrings. It's that little jewel with the brown, like in the white. And he said, tiger eye, it's very in, whatever it is, and I took my money and I bought her, we engaged, a present, tiger eye earrings. And I brought, she said, oh, thank you, they're gorgeous. She never wore them. <laughs> and after a year of marriage, I'm like, Esty, what's with the tiger eye stuff I bought you? She said, I, I, I don't want to tell you when we get engaged, but huh, they are so gross. So, I wouldn't even give them away because I uh, feel bad for the person that wears it. So I learned, I tried many times after that, just, just you know, go with her and buy what she likes. But the, for a guy, the best thing is the surprise. You weren't ready for it and I surprised you. There's a medris that says that by Matan Torah, when Hashem made the chuppah, right? He took the Harkigigas. And He gave us the Kedushin, which was the two tablets, the Aserah Sedibus, which was made out of sapphire. It was the most beautiful ring. Sapphire. And it says that Hashem went to the angels and said, What am I giving the Kala in the Yichud room? Maybe that's where he even comes from. And He went into His treasury... And he said, this is my most beautiful wife, Klaustral. I want to give her the most beautiful thing that I have. And he looked through his treasury and he found Shabbos. U Shabbos Shema. The most beautiful thing that God has is Shabbos. And he told the Malachim, I am giving my children, my Kala, Shabbos. And the Malachim said, no. Give them anything else. Do not give them Shabbos. Shabbos belongs up here with us. They will not keep it. And Hashem was so in love with us. When you're in love with someone, in that moment, says Rav Shimshim Pinkis, you're not, God forbid, thinking that the person that you love is going to cheat on you. So when the Malachim said to Hashem that they're going to they're gonna cheat on you, they're going to be Machal Shabbos, Hashem said, nonsense! And he took Shabbos and he gave it to Klai Yisrael.
And this guy goes out and he doesn't know what to buy her. But he has to surprise her. So he goes to the diamond dealer and he shows him the most beautiful diamond. He goes, I don't know if that's what she needs. Maybe she needs a sapphire. Maybe she needs a ruby. So he goes to the next guy who has a ruby. Maybe she needs something else. And he goes to the guy who sells sapphires. And he goes to the person who sells pearls. And he doesn't know what to do. And he finally comes to the last jewelry store and the guy says, I have what you want. He says, what do you have? He says, I have a ring that has the perfect diamond, the perfect sapphire, the perfect ruby, and the perfect pearl, all in one ring, in the most gorgeous setting. There's no way, whatever she likes is there. There's no way she won't like it. But you're going to have to take out a mortgage to buy this ring. And he goes, and he gets all his money together, and he's all excited. He can finally give back to his wife. And he buys this ring, and they steam it, and they shine it, and they wrap it. And he comes home, and he's all excited. This is his moment. And he walks up to me, and he says, it's not your anniversary, and it's not your birthday. I'm giving this only because I love you so much. She goes, really? She goes, you think I'm going to like it? He goes, I know you're going to like it. It has everything that you want. And she's so excited, and he opens up the box. She opens up the box and she unwraps it and the guy's heart is like fluttering. <gasps> finally, I finally, I'm, this is, I'm going to show her how much I love her. And she opens it up and she pulls out the ring and she goes, this? He goes, yeah. Wow, isn't it amazing? This? This is what you bought me? Yeah. She takes the ring. She smashes it on the floor. Steps on it. Ugh! Ugh! That is the most disgusting. He's like, stop stepping on it. Ugh, it's disgusting. And the diamonds and the jewels are flying all over the place. Can anyone in this room even imagine the pain in this guy's heart? The looking, the waiting, the excitement. She just dashed everything. And he bends down broken to pick up the diamonds and the jewels and everything to put it back in the box. And he realizes that this marriage that he thought was so amazing is not amazing at all. How could she treat something like this? Even if she didn't like it, she should have said, I love it, maybe we need to look at something else. How could she do this to him? He spent so much time finding this. This is Shabbos girls and boys. Hashem went in and he said, what could I give her? What could I give Kalei to show them how much I love them? He gave us this gorgeous ring called Shabbos. A ring, ladies and gentlemen, is an ice that you're married. He gave us an ice, a sign that we're married on the ring finger. And we took it and we throw it on the floor and we step on it. The most boring day of the year, the girls in camp told me this year, is Shabbos. How do you get through Shabbos if you have Bina and, and Mishpacha and Ami and the Jewish press and Yated and uh, whatever and Hamodia, you might make it. So you got to walk into the house with 15 magazines. Maybe you'll make it through Shabbos because it's so ugly and so disgusting. What am I going to do? So if you're in school... One girl said to me, you know, I have a science test. So I heard that you're allowed to learn science, even though it's a different chol, on Shabbos, because science is creation, and creation is voracious. So it's sort of like learning Torah. I'm like, ridiculous. If you understand what Shabbos is, a 26-hour date, what are you doing with another guy while you're dating Hashem? What are you doing with science? So the Satan had to figure out how am I going to get Jewish girls 
who are tzniyas and from, from from families and Jewish men and Jewish boys who are from kids, how am I going to get them to take the ring and throw it on the floor? How am I going to get them to be Machal Shabbos? You can't get them to be Machal Shabbos. They won't even do Bayrer. They did a lot of test for backwards. They took a test. They did very well. And he came up with a master plan. We all think that the internet's about Shmir Thinayim, Lashon Hara. It's about the ultimate Aveira. I will get them addicted to this internet, to their phones, on such a level that they will not be able to live without it for 26 hours. The master plan is the addiction to our technology. Time Magazine said they did a survey that a person looks 50 times a day at their phone when it's not ringing, waiting for it to ring. Can you imagine? Uh, oh, nobody called me. Oh, nobody sent me a text message. Oh, uh, nobody called me. Oh, uh, nobody sent me a text message. We're sick! 50 times a day when nobody's calling you. So he came up with this master plan that you will need it so much that you will break God's heart. And you will use your phone, Chatz V'Shalom, Shabbos. You will take his ring, and he, the Sutton knows that if we do that, Mashiach will not come. When you take God's present and you throw it back in his face, it's one thing, his rules and his Torah, you take his present, his most precious thing, and you throw it back in his face, it's the Satan's ultimate revenge against us. And I don't know, Chas Shalom, that there's anyone in this room that does that. But there are a lot of people that are not in this room that do that. I spoke to this crowd, exactly like this, this summer, in the mountains. And when I was finished speaking, I was walking to my car, and a girl walked over to me, that I happened to know her. She said, can I talk to you on your way to the car? I said, sure. And she started bawling. Crying, I didn't, I figured, I don't know what someone did to her. I said, I said, you don't have to talk to you, just calm down. And, and, and just get yourself together and tell me what's wrong. The Wallerstein, for the last six months, I step on his ring every Shabbos. You've got to help me stop. I'm that woman, I'm the one who threw the ring on the floor and I stepped on it. It's a regular from from girl. I said, come on, you're just telling me that because, because I spoke about it. She goes, Rabbi Wallenstein, I don't know how to stop. I even locked it in a drawer and I took it out on Shabbos. I, 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 I put the key away and I went, I got the key and I opened it up. I can't stop. That's his ultimate plan. His ultimate plan is that you should use it so much that you can't go 26 hours without it. That's what he really, really wants. How do you protect yourself from that? Not thinking that you're different. You're not different. Nobody is different. Only a fool thinks he's different. The fool is the one who says, I don't need a helmet. I'm different. And that's when he gets his head smashed. That's the fool. 
Oh, I play differently. I don't need a helmet. Oh, I can ride my bicycle. My grandson said it to me, I can, I'm a good rider. I don't need a helmet. I'm like, you're not getting on that bike and you're not riding in, my, in this bungalow colony unless you put on a helmet. No, but Zadie, I'm really good at riding. I'm like, that's right. You're not any different. Your head is as soft as every other kid's. No different than any other kids. Your teacher might have told you it's full of rocks. My teacher told me that, but it's not. If you fall off that bike, you're going to hurt yourself. You're not different. That's his, that's his kayak. Every time you think you're different, you find out the hard way that you're not. So if you have to have one of these phones, if you have to, get it tagged. Get it tagged so much that you only use it for the exact reasons that you need to. God forbid to have a phone that doesn't have filters. And if it's possible, and I gave a bracha to all the girls today that I spoke to, I said, we're in Elul. I need Ladaidi, Ladaidi Li. In Elul, you have to take the first step. Not Hashem takes the first step. I need Ladaidi. You take the first step to God, and He takes the next step to you. Take your step to Hashem. How should you take the step to Hashem? I'm trading in my phone. I'm getting a phone like Wallerstein. I'm getting a learning disabled phone. Big deal. Big deal. You save your life. I have a family. I have grandchildren. I have a very big business. I have a high school. I have two seminaries. And now I have a ranch for girls, a rehab that we just bought, that we're building for girls. The only Jewish place in the world that we don't have to send our daughters anymore to the Christians and the Mormons and to all these other people who say you have to talk to Jesus before you go to sleep at night and eat bacon and eggs in the morning. No more. No more Jewish girls going to these places and becoming, going in as sick Jewish girls and coming out as healthy goyim. No more. It took me five years and I found the place. So that's a, that, that, that's a bit of work. And I do it all with this. So don't you come and tell me that I need an iPhone to do what I do because there's no one in this room that does more. And if I can do it with this, you can do it with this. And after 120 years, they're going to take me with this phone and they're going to say, so, Wallstein did this, why couldn't you? So I'm putting a lot of pressure on you. That's right. And I'm never getting an iPhone. And they told me already, you know, in two, three years, they're not going to make these phones anymore. Okay, so I don't have to go buy five, six phones. But they're trying. They're trying to squeeze us out. This is CDMA. It doesn't work in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, this phone doesn't work. In many places, it doesn't work anymore. They're trying. Verizon is trying to squeeze all the people out who don't have smartphones. They're trying to make sure that everyone has one. But in the meanwhile, Baruch Hashem, don't have one. You, don't, you think in your head, you're sold that you have to have it. Oh my God, I'm going to go home. So a girl told me today, she, um, she's off for the last, she heard my speech, whatever it is, she's off for the last two months. Another girl said, oh, that's why I can't reach you on WhatsApp. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you can't. Talk to me. Communications between people is divor. We're above an animal is a chai. A human being is a medaber. Hashem did not create us to talk to each other with our fingers. And that's all we're doing today. We talk with our fingers. We're no longer a medaber. All day long we talk with our fingers. Our fingers were not created to talk with. Unless you're deaf. If you're deaf, you need sign language. But if you're not deaf, you don't need sign language. Are we all deaf? Is that why we talk with our fingers today? Is everyone in this room deaf? So the reason you have to talk to people with their fingers is because they need sign language? 
And the answer is yes, we are deaf. We don't hear anything anymore. We don't hear music. We don't hear the wind. We don't hear birds. We don't hear anything anymore. The first word in the relationship of Omar Hushemayim is what? What's the first word? Shema. When you're Makabo Omar Hushemayim, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elikino, Hashem Echad. What's the first word? Shema. Listen. You can't listen to a text. You can only listen to words. A relationship has to be a talk and listen, talk and listen. Not fingers. Stop talking with your fingers. It's not why Hashem created your fingers. Start talking with your mouth. And if people say, I can't communicate with you, you can't call me? No, I can only text you. Well, there's something very wrong in our relationship. A guy just asked a big rub, if you can write, if you could text your, your, your cow underneath the chup, Hariat Mekodeshesli, is that kosher? And the Aiden will text back Mekodeshes. Be an interesting wedding, no? And all the seven brachas will just post on one of the screens. Baruch Atah. David, you're here? Come here for a second. Let me show you why Hashem created fingers. It's a zayar. This is the reason Hashem created fingers. A lot of animals don't have fingers. The human being has fingers. Why do you create fingers? You think I'm going to slap them? No, I'm not going to slap them. <laughs> My father used to tell me, I have two therapists, and anytime you want to see them, they're available. Left hand, right hand. <laughs> Work pretty well, I think. Anyway, so let me show you what Desire says. It's very fascinating. So, when two people meet, they're supposed to shake hands. When you, when you shake someone's hand, two human beings who have shalom, who shake hands, they bring Hashem's name into the world. How? The five fingers of one is a hay. The five fingers of the other is a hay. So those are the two hays in Yud Kei the two thumbs together is a short, right? Short, that's the yud. And when the two heads are together, the arm together is the vav. So this is the vav, this is the yud, and says Isaiah, the two fives are the yud ke vav ke. That's why you have fingers. What he's trying to do with the fingers today is to break that handshake. When a person gets married, the husband puts, the chassan puts the, the ring on the, on the kala's hand with five fingers. She puts out her index finger. That's the hay, and that's the yud. So they have, when he puts on the kedushin, he says, Hariyamakudeshishli, they spell half of Hashem's name, the yud and the hay. Then the chasen takes the ksuva and hands it to the kala. The ksuva, if you take the word ksuva, it spells kosav, kisav, vav hay. The ksuva is kosav, vav hay. The ring on the finger is the yud hay, and the ksuva is the vav hay. That's why Hashem gave us fingers. Hashem gave us fingers to give a hug. Hashem gave us fingers to lift someone off the floor, to bring them back up. He did not give us fingers to type words to each other. Let us all go into Elul. Let us take a step towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that step could be tagging your phone if you have one, to be tagging your phone. You cannot leave a phone unfiltered, ever, for yourself, for anyone else. And if you're on the, on the level to say tonight, I want to hang out on Mars with Wallerstein. I don't want to hang out on Earth where people can write 
such disgusting things where I live in a world where I'm just reading nasty, nasty stuff about other people. And in that schus, Bezrat Hashem, the Zayar that talks about the Parpa and Tchiyas HaMesim will be able for all of us to see that come to fruition. You should all have I want to give you a special bracha being that I'm a Kayan. And it says in Pekayavos that when you give a shear, even if you learn with one person, Hashem comes and He gives a bracha. So now is the best time to give a bracha. I want to give everyone, everyone should have but those who leave this shear tonight and change and leave that world and change their phones. And you can have a phone, I'm not even saying texting not. You have a normal phone, but not internet. Whoever takes that step, I give you a, a bracha from a kayan. That Hashem, because you took that step, Hashem should take a huge step towards you. And if there's someone that needs a refu shalema, they should get a refu shalema. If there's someone that needs a shidduch, they should get a shidduch. If someone needs a panasa, they should have a panasa. For shachanti b'soycham. I don't know if this is true or not. It's, it's all over the place. I saw it. I don't know, it's a crazy story. But there were these 25 girls that, that could, not have, could not find Shidduchim. They were older girls. And they, they went to Rav David. He doesn't see them. He doesn't see girls. But they went with some tzaddik that went with them. And he went to Rav David and he says, here's 25 names of girls that are older that don't have Shidduchim. And he said, it's written, it was in a, one of these booklets that they give out on Chavez. And he said, tell them to get rid of their technology I guarantee you, within a year and a half, they'll all be married. And he writes, I, didn't, I have to ask Rav Dov when I go to Yom Kippur, because I'm close to him, if it's true, but he writes that every single one of them is married. It took a year and a half. The last one got married, like, the Imamish to a year and a half, they're all married. And if that, that's, that's crazy. 25 out of 25. So, I, I, so everyone's like, okay, I'll, I'll get rid of my phone. I don't know, I have to ask him if it's true. But they're writing it that it's true, but it definitely could be true. Because if you do that, and you take that huge step, it's a huge step. You take that step, Kosh will give you whatever you want. You have to break your midah. And, and if you know anybody that, that, you know, that you can help with the Shabbos, the Shabbos thing, I got up at the Guru Convention, I spoke about it, everyone thought that I was just trying to get attention. I would say, one out of ten. Going to any class, one out of ten for sure. I'm dealing with the firmest girls and the firmest guys. They're just, they're good kids. It doesn't even make sense. I'm like, why? You're, you're the best from girl. What are you doing? Like, you, you keep everything. You're from. You when you even look at a boy, you, 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 you eat chal of Yisrael. You, you, you're like so mocked and everything. And like Rabbi Wallstein, you don't understand. I can't, I can't, I can't get through shadows without it. I gave my phone to my parents. I, I got another phone. Like crazy stuff. It's mamish, on addiction. These are good kids. It's an addiction. If you know anyone that's going through that, tell them to call me. We'll try to help them. It's, it's a very hard thing to do, but we'll try to help them. Chilul Shabbos is, 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 is a, a slap in our Kodesh Baruch Hu's face. We can't do it. We can't do it. So just make sure you don't get addicted. And the only way to make sure you don't get addicted is you don't have it. Everyone's done their first cigarette, all my, fr- my boys, and their first drug, it's like, I, I can do it once, it won't affect me. Yeah, it does affect you once, it will affect you. We're going to be here um, Tuesday, September 20th. Not so serious. Um, I'm coming with Laser Brody. I have spoken a few times with Laser. When the two of us talk together, there's some crazy energy in the room. 
he's like, you know, Garden of Amuna. He's like, he got up, I'll never forget the first time he spoke in Arnava. He got up, there's 2,600 women there. Laser gives him, and he goes, Sisters! I'm like, oh no. <laughs> My beautiful sisters! I'm like, where's he going with this? He spoke, he spoke off the charts. So the two of us don't get to partner a lot. Um, it's pretty, pretty interesting when we speak together. So Mitzvah Hashem, we're coming together on the September 20th for Anavo. We hope to see you. You should have a and thank you very much for coming tonight. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.